Hello everybody and welcome to Queer to Air. My name is Brian and I use he, him pronouns and today we are going to be talking about the importance of labels. Often when we are trying to decide on a label that we choose to identify with, it can be a bit of a journey, um, but it can also be extremely validating and have a serious impact on our mental health. So we really wanted to share some of our experiences and engage in conversation about how important identity labels can actually be. Mental health usually comes up in these podcasts, so if you're in a bad headspace right now, I encourage you to consider that when you are trying to figure out if this is the right time to listen to this podcast. And if you did want to reach out for help or you're in crisis right now, there are a number of services out there that can help keep you safe and talk through what's on your mind. If you want to call Lifeline, the number is 13 11 14. You can also access them on lifeline.org.au for information on their services. The Kids Helpline is available. It's 1-800-55-1800. Suicide Callback Service is 1-300-65-94-67. And the website is suicidecallbackservice.org.au. Headspace's website is headspace.org.au. If you jump onto that, you'll be able to find the number for the one closest to you. And they also have eheadspace.org.au. If calling seems a little bit scary, you can jump on there and get some online counseling. QLife is a phone counseling service specifically for LGBTI people. You can access them on 1-800-184-527. They're available 3 p.m. to midnight in your state. And they also have online counseling similar to Headspace. And then there's us, Freedom Center. Uh, not a crisis line, but you can call us on 9228-0354 if you want to try and figure out where to go for help. You can email us on info at freedom.org.au and our website is freedom.org.au if you want to find all our opening times so you can come in and get that information in person. All of the information plays after the outro music in the middle and you can find it in the description for the podcast. Yay. <laughs> so before we launch into today's episode, I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Um, I'm Claire and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Jacob. Um, my pronouns are he, him. I'm Chase and my pronouns are they, them. So we're going to be talking about labels that we use to help identify uh, as LGBTI people and how we use them to kind of help other people understand our diverse sexuality and gender. So uh, I identify as a gay man. I'm bisexual. I'm also bisexual. I am bi slash pan slash I don't know. Also non-binary. Great. And the reason that we wanted to put that out straight away is just because we're obviously only speaking from our perspective. There are, well, there is a huge range of diversity within the LGBTI community, and we are only four people. So we're just speaking from our experiences. So, first of all, labels, are they worthwhile? It depends on the person. Okay. I was going to say that in an exact tone. I was also going to sing it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, so do you think the the world would be a better place if there were no labels and everyone just got to do whatever they want? Mm, no, not really. Maybe in like 3018, but like I think, <laughs> I think in like 2018, labels serve a perp- like a functional purpose that is mm. positive for people. And that functional purpose would be... I've been turning over in my head this quote that I saw on the Youth Pride Network's Facebook page on Bi-Visibility Day, shout out to the Youth Pride Network, um, and it was from someone who wrote in and said, I identify as pan and I find that it, uh, that is empowering for me because it accurately describes my sexuality. I think that labels can be really, really good because they find a way, they provide a way for us to be able to understand ourselves and our feelings and describe our feelings to others in a way that they find intelligible and understandable. Mm-hmm. So I think that being able to be like known and understood is something that is a real positive about labels. 
Yeah, and it's all about validating yourself. Mm. Um, that's yep. where I think labels are very important because it helps people accept themselves. Also, just from a kind of a psychological point of view, you know, there are billions of people in the world. If we didn't have labels, the way that we've kind of constructed the way we live wouldn't work. There's just... Labels do make things easier. They help you find community and people like yeah. you. Yeah. For me, it's just a shortcut. Like, I don't want to have to sit down and describe every single thought, feeling, crush, anything that I've ever had ever in order to just genuinely describe myself. So for me, just being like, yeah, I'm a gay man. It's just easy. I don't even have to think about it. What about the label queer? Because for some people, that is like a really derogatory term. And for other people, it's kind of been reclaimed and they're very comfortable with it. So what do we think? I find the discussion over the term queer like largely um, useless and overdone because really just as it stands, it's just as simple as some people will find that term empowering and useful to describe their identity, their sexuality or their gender, and that's fine. Some people will find that term horrendous, offensive, traumatising, triggering. That's also okay. The long and short of queer is that it's a word some people use to describe their identity, and that's fine. You shouldn't use it to describe someone against their will, but it is okay for a person to individually use that term for themselves if they want to reclaim it. To me, it's just as simple as that. Mm -hmm. In what instances do people usually use the word queer to describe themselves? As an identity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no. So if for someone who maybe isn't in the know as, you know, what these labels usually mean, if someone is saying like, okay, so what's the difference between queer and all of the other labels? I think, well, I personally would consider queer to be more of an umbrella term which can encompass any um, same-sex or same-gender attraction or gender diversity without having to be specific about what that means, which I think is one of the best functions of the term queer. It indicates that you are LGBT, for example, without having to specify if you're unsure or if you don't feel like going into details. Mm. I hear it a lot um, used in a collective term, though, and I think that's part of it being reclaimed. So, you know, when we talk about queer art or queer music... um, A gaggle of queers. (laughs) (laughs) My favourite kind of gaggle. Um, But, yeah, I, I acknowledge that. Obviously, there's a bit of history with the word as well. And Sorry. It, it, Sorry. <laughs> I just never thought I'd hear the sentence, my favourite kind of gaggle. Yeah, what's your least favourite kind of gaggle? Yeah. Geese. Call in, folks. What's your least favourite gaggle? Um, the but yeah, I, I acknowledge that. Also, please obviously don't call there's, me. <laughs> <laughs> We'll plug his phone number at the end of this no. podcast. Um, yeah, I acknowledge that there's, there's a history associated with the word um, that is quite a negative one, um, but the fact that it is being reclaimed now, I think it's a really positive step forward. Um, so you, you feel like it, if if it's used in a colloquial term, do you reckon that's that's an offensive thing because it's assuming someone else's identity that way? When you say colloquial, do you mean like So like if... So what, like, what do you mean? So you know how before you were saying um, if someone wants to be identified as queer, you respect that. What if someone doesn't want to be identified as queer, but it's used in a um, okay, a so group setting? Do you know what I mean? In a group, if someone, I don't like when people call me queer, like a queer. Like if someone yep. was like, Claire is a queer woman. If someone was like, Claire is a queer woman, I'd say, oh, don't think so, I'm bisexual. But if someone was like, um, the queer community, I consider myself a part of that and I'm fine with that. Okay. So that's how okay. I would like find. So you're okay with it used as a, like an umbrella term for our community? Just for ease of use, I think. Yeah. 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 What about you, Chase? Um... I have actually had someone in the past told me that I wasn't allowed to identify <laughs> as queer because of, of its like previous connotations. 
and that's the kind of foolishness we don't like yeah and I said sorry about it you're actually not going to be able to tell me how I can and can't identify Mm. actually not sorry about it (laughs) and Um, that's the point of labels is they're there to be used however you want to use them for yourself Mm. what you were saying about if people uh, find it really derogatory and traumatizing for themselves and they don't want to use it Um, also like how do you how do you feel about other people who think that it's really derogatory and uh, kind of demoralizing but someone is saying like this is this is my identity I want to use this and someone goes well I don't want to call you that because uh, like in my mind that is a really mean word I, I guess that's just one of the conflicts that occur in like a community like the LGBT community which is completely um, like non-homogenous um, mm. like people are always going to have conflicting views I just think people get I guess like have to do their best to compromise and work with what they're comfortable with and respect mm-hmm. other people it does come down to respect so if someone wants to be labeled a certain way you should respect that and not impose your own mm. opinions mm. onto that person because it's their right to be able to be labeled however they want to be labeled so what do you say to people who would say oh look I get the LGBT I don't get why it keeps going I think that people who are so adamantly against it should actually stop and take a think about why. Because, you know, I've personally found that the people that are going to be saying it the most aren't the people that have problems with it. So I find it actually quite hard to believe that it is purely just a, um, like, an ease of access thing. I, you know, personally don't only... I. Um, you know, bisexuality is obviously covered under LGBT, which is kind of, I think, the most used one. But I will always do LGBTIQ+, um, or even just LGBT+, because I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that there is more there. Because, you know, an, an umbrella term isn't really a good umbrella term if it doesn't actually cover mm. what it's meant to be covering. I think the plus is very important. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um because we don't want to leave anyone out. Yeah. And when pe- people that are allies of the community or outside of the community um, are unsure about the changing terminology we have, if you just at least put the plus on the end, that's not leaving anyone out. Mm. I find it a very good conversation starter as well. Mm. Like people often ask me, what's the plus? I don't get it. Um, and then you know that's opening up conversation into that there are a lot of labels out there that you know aren't very nicely put into seven letters or six I'm letters. I'm the plus. You're the plus? Um. I, I mean, I personally, like, I actually just say LGBT in my everyday life. And if people ask me, like, what should I do? Like, I encourage them to say what they feel comfortable with or just add in the plus. Um, but I think that that perspective is probably informed by the fact that my one letter is captured by LGBT. Mm. And I haven't had the experience of, like, having to be acknowledged by the plus. Um, I always also say that, like, y- like, I recommend the use of LGBTI as, like, like recommended by the National LGBTI Health Alliance because that's what's often used in government like policy and legislation. Mm. So if someone's like, what should I write in my paper? I always say LGBTI. Um, it's a really, it's a complicated issue. But essentially, if someone's like, hey, could you be inclusive and add this? You should go, yeah, sure. Which is what I do mm. every time, even though it's my preference to keep it short because like it doesn't, it's easy mm. to do that for mm. someone. Yeah, I think, I think the worst offence is when I've seen um, not just sexuality-based things either. Um, but things just say LGB. Bad. And wow. it's just like, 
I guess I'll just disappear. Mm. Um, I guess I think the other thing of whether or not things are covered, you know, whether or not it's a good umbrella term also depends on people's individual preference of whether or not they see non-binary genders as coming under trans or not. Mm. Some people do, some people don't. I personally do when it comes to me, but I know that not everyone does not, and not everyone feels kind of comfortable with that. Okay, time for the time out. Once again, these podcasts aren't meant to cause any distress, but we understand that sometimes just by virtue of talking about our experiences, that, that can trigger stuff for young people. So if you feel like you want to reach out for help or you've been thinking about getting help for a while and you feel like you're finally ready, we just wanted to remind you of the services that are available. Lifeline 131114, and you can access them on lifeline.org.au. Kids Helpline is 1-800-55-1800. QLife is 1-800-184-527. And you can access them qlife.org.au. And just remember, they've got an online counseling service as well, so you don't actually have to call them. You can chat to someone over the internet. All of that information is available at the beginning, the end, and in the description for this podcast. All right, let's get back into the conversation. I guess one of the other cons that, in my opinion, about labels is that it often, like, a lot of the time it, it might people might feel locked into the label that they have and if they you know come out as a certain label then they feel like they they don't have that same flexibility and Jacob I know that you've had like an experience or like uh, quite a journey with uh, the labels that you want to use so do you want to like kind of expand on that for us yeah labels and I have had an on and off relationship for a little <laughs> while now um, so I came out as bisexual um, a little over a year ago um, when I first came out um, the label of bisexuality was really important to me because it, it took me a while to um, not find out about the label but to accept that that's, that's what my label was, that's what most identified with who I was. Um, so it was really important to me when I first came out. Um, after some time being more involved with the community, the queer community, um, I found that it was quite restricting to myself. That was just from my personal experience. I'm not saying this is for everyone. Um, and so I sort of didn't want to have that label on myself because it felt like I was a bisexual before I was Jacob. Um, recently, though, um, I am fully embracing the bisexual, but the bisexual label because I believe visibility is really important. Mm. Um, so it's kind of it's gone past that stage where I'm trying not to trying not to be selfish in that. I'm I'm happy to to have the label because it's important for other people who um, may not know what bisexuality is to at least see people that are are visible and um yeah I seriously love that like I I often like try to be the bisexual that I want others to be able to see in the world like for example you hear a lot of bisexual jokes being like oh like a bisexual mood is when you call yourself gay because it's easy to understand like that's cool but like when someone's like oh you're gay you're a lesbian I'm like actually no I'm bisexual just so like people can have the opportunity to see this is a bisexual person this is how she lives this is how I can live like, mm. I always speak up and say like oh and like no like I don't mind but like actually I'm bi and I always say that a bisexual in the wild it truly <laughs> a bisexual in the wild in her natural Rawr. habitat <laughs> um that period where you didn't want that label mm-hmm did you ever have any conversations where people would ask you what your label was, and you had to then turn around and be like, "Actually, I don't use a, I don't use a label." Yeah, well, I would say I, I don't really, I don't, I don't go by a label at the moment. Like, I would just say, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't go by a label. Yeah, and like and what it, it was, <laughs> it was a very trying time because, um, 
a lot of people found that very frustrating. Yeah. Um, which I understand because people like to be able to have labels to... Mm. Um, Put people in a neat little category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went through that, that phase of... Um, and that was just kind of me going on my own identity journey as well. Mm. And it's hard because I think it's going to continue to be a bit, little bit of a polarising thing with labels because people, people need labels to be able to um, connect and find community. But then a lot of people don't need labels because they don't want to be defined by them. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's always going to be those two polarising points of view on it. And for the record, like, both of those things are fine. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. annoying as hell. It's okay to have those two sides Absolutely. to it, yeah. Like, it's annoying as hell to not want to label... Like, it's fine to not want to label yourself, and it's annoying as hell when people are like, oh, like, why, why are you doing that? Like, what do you mean? You just want to, like, phase out of existence be like, peace. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so like, I don't know, just let people be, like, yeah. And then, I mean, I guess that's the real moral of this whole podcast is that whatever people want to do, however they want to identify, label, no label... Uh, the only the only response that is appropriate is to be respectful to that. Mm. So Claire, what was it that you were gonna say about mm. your? Oh, I just wanted to briefly talk about like yeah, when I when I first came out, I identified I came out to my parents as bisexual because that was the word that I knew and a word that I thought described my my feelings and that would be understood easily by others. And then when I was like fifteen. I read online that bisexuality was like uh, exclusionary of non-binary genders because it meant being attracted to men and women. And I thought, oh, can't have that. And so I started telling people I was pansexual instead to try and um, show that I was, like, to try and let people understand that I did experience attraction to people of all genders. But half the time I ended up telling people I was bi anyway because, like, the average Joe nine years ago didn't always know what pansexuality meant. Um, and then I thankfully was able to learn... Actually, I might have also called myself queer for a little bit. Shout-outs to that. <laughs> um, and then eventually I just came back to identifying as bi again because I was able to thankfully realise that bisexuality is not transphobic and it's not a- exclusionary of non-binary genders. It has been defined as like attraction to my gender and other genders or attraction to more than two genders for years, at least since the 90s, and that is largely what bisexual people use it to mean. Um, yeah, and I was able to use that again, which is really good for me because I love that label. It feels good for me. It feels like it describes my experiences. I feel like it has a history and I really like the word. Um, so that was the journey that I went through. And I also just want to promote the message that bisexuality is not exclusionary. I was going to say, I've been on every single side of the uh, bisexual versus pansexual argument. When I was first coming out as bi... Uh, when someone asked me what pan was because I was the gay friend, so people asked me what things that I had no knowledge of, what they meant. I said that pan was just um, for people, for pretentious people who were bi. And then when I came out as non-binary, I started identifying as pan because I was like, ah, crap, I'm being <laughs> I'm being exclusionary to myself because I also fell into the the trap of thinking that it meant only men and women when it mm. means two or it means two or more and it generally most people take it to mean same and others so for a while I thought oh bi people are just um are just pan people that are transphobic and now I'm back on the back on the train of you do you boo (laughs) the the hot takes that we had as younger people to be honest Mm. I used have used pan for quite a long time I'm still happy to use it mainly just because it is the the label that I have used for a long time for the longest time and it's the label that I'm the most used to kind of referring to myself as but I kind of use them in t- as far as for talking about my identity I will use them interchangeably I think too it's worth noting you are allowed to change the labels that you identify as 
just because you label yourself at one point in your life doesn't mean you have to keep those labels for the rest of your life. Yeah, and also like you're not betraying your old label or your old community by by changing by mm. coming to a new understanding about yourself or changing your identity. I feel like people who ideas by and then come out as lesbian or ideas lesbian and then come out as bi often have a lot of conflict about that like it's cool like mm. you just have to be true to yourself also I just want to say Chase I think it's a flex to identify as both bi and pan and queer like I think that that is like powerful <laughs> is, that a, is that a certified power move? yeah <laughs> I, do, I deem it so <laughs> so look I know that you've covered it but this question is probably one that I get every second training I go for so just definitively what is the difference between bisexual and pansexual? There is no functional difference between the label bisexual and pansexual, functional being the ways people experience feelings and the way they move about their lives and interact with others. Pansexual is a label that is often taken to mean like attraction regardless of gender or attraction to all genders. Bisexual is tends to be defined by bi people as attraction to my gender and other genders or attraction to two or more genders. Essentially, they are the same, although there might be some small individual differences and those words will mean different things to different people and empower people in different ways. A lot of the time, um, kind of more recently... My, I sorry, did I interrupt you? Not at all. Oh, my, like, Brian looked like he was laughing. I was laughing because I think Claire is the closest thing to a human glossary that you could ever get. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> um, that I kind of took Pan as taking uh, just not care, or as being more related to not caring about gender than it is to being exclusionary. So I just kind of thought, well, I don't, I, I don't give a rat's ass about other, about other people's genders because I don't care about mine either. Um, so that was kind of what Pan meant to me. But again, I think that's just that was a personal interpretation. Cool. Thank you, everyone. Um, I hope that uh, that some of the definitions are clearer. And if not, um, you can contact Claire. I'm sure she'll be happy to to uh, differentiate all the different labels that are out there. I just feel full bottle because I recently rewrote the Freedom Center glossary. Yeah. So if you'd like to visit freedom.org.au, you can find out the editions of more words there. <laughs> and we thanks uh, for the plug, Claire. <laughs> we're again gonna put Brian's phone number at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and probably Claire's at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Look. <laughs> cool. If you want to follow everything that we are doing, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud at Queer to Air. If you're talking about us online, hashtag Queer to Air. As always, there is going to be a link in the description to this podcast. It would be great if you could click on it and tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, what you learned. That would be great. And then if anything that we said was distressing during this, uh, just remember that after the music that's about to play, there will be a pre-recorded message of all the services that can help you out. Cool. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. If this podcast has caused any distress or triggered you in any way, here are a list of services that are available to you. You can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 and they are open 24-7. You can also access lifeline.org.au for more information on their services. You can call Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800. You can call Suicide Callback Service on 1300 65 94 67. Also available 24-7, or you can visit suicidecallbackservice.org.au. Headspace numbers are going to change for each location, so you can jump onto headspace.org.au to find your nearest branch, or you can jump onto eheadspace.org.au to check out their online counselling option. QLife is 1-800-184-527. They're available 3pm to midnight in your state around Australia. You can also visit them on qlife.org.au, and you can have an online chat similar to Headspace. 
Freedom Center's info is 92280354. Email us at info at freedom.org.au or you can visit freedom.org.au for other services that we provide. If you are listening to this and you are in crisis, I urge you to reach out for help and get the support that you need and definitely deserve.